And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Aaron Neesman. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum. Hi. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up today. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packer, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And if you are joining us uh, from the first half of this podcast, the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast and beat reporter for Boston Sports Journal, the member, the reigning Jays are riding again. John Corrales is joining us for the second half of the second half season preview. John, thank you for joining us. It's been a, it's been a pleasure for the first hour. I think we're going to really do some amazing work here in the second half hour. Yes, yes. I'm very happy. Always happy to be riding again with my boys. All right. So just to recap, we did the first 18 games. If you want to hear that, go to the Locked On Celtics podcast feed. You can hear that. We also engaged in a number of uh, speculation, trade discussions. Jay made some bold predictions. Um, Very bold. But so after the first 18 games, Jay and John both predicted uh, 12 and 6 for the Celtics, where I, known pessimist, went 11 and 7. We are, it is April 12th. Uh, taxes are due soon, and the Celtics have just, we all agreed, lost a game to the Denver Nuggets and have flown to Portland to play Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Jay, what do you think happens in that game? I am going to go with the George Hill explosion. (laughs) I had to bring up George Hill because whoever didn't listen to the – first half of this podcast on the Lockdown Celtics podcast does Boom, not know that I have flipped Tristan Thompson in a pick for George Hill. And so George Hill goes off with five three-pointers and does a great job against Damian Lillard to help the Celtics to a very difficult road win out in Portland. 
I I don't have George Hill on my team here, but let's. I, <laughs> this is where it gets like I don't even know who I would have on this team for a trade. I, I I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is a loss as well. We've been riding some good vibes for the Celtics, and it's like a little too good for me, knowing how the first half of the season went. I think the vibes come to a, a bit of a halt here. I'm I'm in fact gonna go o for three on this road trip. Ooh, losing the entire road trip. I think Tough road trip. I think we just no one's brought up. I'm shocked. Like for a podcast so focused on revenge that no one's brought up the Ennis Cantor revenge game. That's He's right. going for 15 and 15 and just decimating the Celtics. I think they lose that game in Portland, but I don't think Anthony Davis will be fully healthy by the time they play the Lakers on April 15th. And I think that is a Celtics win. Jason Tatum against LA teams uh, historically has been fantastic. It did not hold true in the last Clippers game. He was quite good, but he wasn't uh, amazing. I do think Jason Tatum uh, shines out and beats the Lakers in Los Angeles. Jay- we got to go back to the Ennis Cantor thing because I recently saw <laughs> some defensive Ennis Cantor highlights surfaced <laughs> on Twitter, and it was just glorious. It was awesome. It, it felt like Blazers fans trying to talk themselves into Cantor. Wait, it wasn't a joke? Defense? It wasn't oh, just no. highlights of him getting his, like burned in the pick and rollers, like legitimate oh, no. highlights? These, these were highlights of Ennis Cantor piling up stops and making hustle plays. And uh, he's a pretty good fit in Portland. He, he did really well there in his first stint there. Having another good season? I'm not going to hate on Ennis Cantor, but I did enjoy the defensive highlights. Um, Celtics, Celtics lose to the Lakers. Montrez Harrell has a big game. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like a 28, 29 point game for Montrez Harrell. I can see that. Pick, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I was just going to say, no, no one loves Ennis Cantor like like Blazers fans. They love him. They love him. Anyway, yes, Montrez uh, in that Lakers game. I, 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 can, I can see that. Depends on, I don't know. I, I'm kind of looking forward to maybe some uh, Time Lord Trez kind of back and forth, but I still have it down as a loss. All right, then the Celtics fly across the country. They play in the Lakers on a Thursday night TNT game and then play against the Golden State Warriors in Boston on a Saturday. That's a lot of travel. I just don't think they can keep up uh, with the Warriors. I know they got a nice victory against them in Golden State, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased from Steph Curry doing cool shit during the All-Star game, but I don't know if the Celtics, that first game after a long uh, West Coast swing is never great. I think it just catches up to them uh, and they lose to the Warriors. John, what do you? What thinks you? This is the uh, no, it's not a back-to-back. They so it's just a standalone nope. game uh, against the Warriors, but it is uh, after a that three games sl- like, and you have them lost the last three games, so they, they're going to be very motivated to play the Warriors. They're going to be very motivated, but this is this is going to be this is going to be another dark stretch. This is going to we're we're due for one huge dark stretch. The three games on the road trip, they come back. Everybody's going to say. This is going to be the game that the Celtics need, and they're not going to play well, and they're going to lose, and everybody's going to lose their damn minds. This is when people are going to start tweeting at us that Danny Ainge didn't do a big enough, bold enough move. Fire Brad Stevens. Trade Kemba Walker. Danny Ainge didn't do enough. 
Get rid of him. We need. Danny didn't use the TPE. Right. This is this is going to be where Dan Shaughnessy writes his piece, blasting Danny Ainge. This is going to be the. So, I I'm feeling it's setting up for that Sunday Globe kind of takedown. So, this is this is the stretch. Four losses in a row, but brighter times are ahead. But this is going to be the darkest point. Jay, what think you? Yeah, I'm going with a loss there too. Even though the Celtics return home, it's kind of like the continuation of a road trip because you fly home, you're not really settled there. That first game back after a long road trip is always more like a trip e than a real home game where you're rested and everything like that. I think Stephen Curry goes for 52 points. I'm going with 52 points for Stephen Curry. All twos, though. <laughs> many, many threes. It was 26 for 30 from the field. All twos. Yeah. That would be amazing. That actually would be an amazing stat line for him. All right. Uh, moving on, we've got two more games on this homestand. Chicago Bulls come to town on a Monday no back-to-backs. Everyone's fully rested. I think that has to be a win for the Celtics. Chicago, I just don't think is very good. And Zach Levine's their best player, and he's not good at defense. I'm with you. I'm going with the uh, win over Chicago. This is the this is the start of the turnaround. The turnaround has arrived. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with a win against the Bulls, too. Second straight home game. A little time to rest. A little time to recover from that road trip. I think not only do they beat the Bulls, they blow out the Bulls. Ooh. They like destroy that. the Bulls. We have not seen a Celtics blowout this year that I can or that there easily comes to mind. Many great times in Boston <laughs> this year. Uh, but but things have looked up lately. We just got some breaking news on Twitter. Ooh. Paul Pierce, officially a 2021 Hall of Fame finalist. Bill Russell. He's not already in the Hall As of Fame. As a coach, is oh, a which I think is, is pretty cool. Coach. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, that is really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, Pierce obviously very expected. I think he'll be a first ballot guy. The championship kind of solidified it for him. He's got a ton of All Star appearances. Um, but Russell, I I didn't see the Russell coaching Hall of Fame thing, but. How long did he coach for? I know he had a player coach year where he won a championship, but he had a, he had a few years in Seattle um, as the, as a head coach. My my college coach, one of my college assistants, Bruce Seals, who sadly recently passed, um, played for him in Seattle and told us some stories about what a uh, tough coach he was to play for because he was really hard on his guys. Um, but yeah, the I think this is. Um, a recognition of him becoming the first black head coach um, and, and winning those back-to-back titles as a, a player coach. Uh, he, I don't think he won in Seattle. I think they won the year after he left. So oh, that random supersonics title in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, like Dennis Johnson won a title there, I think. And, um, but that wasn't under Bill Russell. So was but, he the Mark Jackson of coaches just holding back great teams? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't Mark I, Jackson be the Mark Jackson of coaches? 
I guess that's true. <laughs> the first Mark Jackson, the initial Mark Jackson, pre pre Mark Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to ever put him in that category, even if it ends up being accurate. I will never do that to him. All right, we we got to get back to the uh, this great schedule predictions. Um, but thank you for the breaking news, Jay. You're a true newsman and a true journalist. Thursday, April 22nd, against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, two two days of rest between games, which it seems shocking in the, how kind of condensed the schedule is. Uh, all of us having them uh, winning on Monday against the Bulls in a Thursday game against the Phoenix Suns. I think Kemba Walker rested, leads the team to victory. Although all the games against the Suns have been kind of insane over the last couple of years. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Celtics prevail uh, just given that extra day of rest. I concur. I think that's going to be a nice win. Yeah, it is very rare this season to just be at home and get some rest. They Maybe probably practice. They'll even get a practice in. Oh man, they're going to be humming. Brad Stevens is going to be so excited <laughs> to get those guys on the practice court for like the first time since basically the All Star break. I think this will be another Celtics win, a schedule win. We talk about schedule losses. I think this is a schedule win. Well, this is a schedule win, and then the next game, I think, is a schedule loss because they play back-to-back, travel to Brooklyn to play the Nets, presumably no Kemba Walker. I just don't think they win this game. I think it's just tough for the Celtics to win a game not being full strength against the Nets. They're going to get blowed out. (laughs) Yeah, especially after – like I I can't pick them twice. I picked them against Brooklyn to start the second half. Uh, I can't pick them again here. This Although is- I will say a lineup of Marcus Smart, George Hill, Jason Tatum, <laughs> and Jalen Brown will be pretty good. You do against, some damage. You'll have options to switch against Brooklyn Stars. And not every team has, has options to switch against all those guys. So that could be a big deal. I still think the Celtics get blowed out. Blake Griffin goes for 22 points. But no. Has his first dunk of the year. Blake right over George Hill. three minutes of garbage time. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they lose this one. All right, so they're moving on to Charlotte. Sunday afternoon game, 1 p.m. start. Uh, we This has got to be a major revenge game for the Celtics after all we picked them to lose uh, the first game against Charlotte this year. I don't think Nick Friedman gets the home the, the scout on this game, uh, putting the Hornets at a tremendous disadvantage, and the Celtics win uh, based on revenge alone. Your loyalty to, to Friedman is... <laughs> I've known him since I was five years old. Is a brother. thing to behold. That's it's impressive. Uh, man, that one o'clock start... I can't. I got. I got to go with the revenge. I got to go with Kemba back in Charlotte. Too. Too much there. Um, Remember when Kemba went to Charlotte last year and they he like literally hugged every single person in the arena. Yeah, Yeah. that was cool. That was a nice. That was a nice touch. Nice. Will he be able to hug everyone in the arena this time? No. 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 How does that impact his play on the court, Jay? That could be honestly pretty tough. He's going to have to give out the elbow, the COVID elbow, you know? So, but most of his hugs came after the game. And so is it really going to affect him until uh, his performance before the game? That's a very good question. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. How do you guys see Kemba? Are you confident that Kemba will be able to hold up this season after the way he's played over the last 10 games or so? If he doesn't play back-to-backs, I think he's like can do what he's been doing recently. I don't think he's necessarily going to get back to the quiet 30-point performances that we saw from him when he was an all-star last year. I think what we've seen over the past, you know, couple of weeks, the the 20-plus point performances, the, he's looked good. I think he's, he's, he's not 100% of what he used to be, I don't think, but he's probably, I would say, comfortably 85 to 90% of where he used to be. And that that's enough. That For now, that's a good first step. The next step is, really figuring out how he fits in with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, and where he takes the step back. Like he needed to take this big step forward to prove that he could be what he's always been. And now I think part of the second half is going to be, how do we really try to work this in? How much time does Kemba spend starting in the corner? How much time does he spend being more of a spot up guy playing off the ball and, and kind of supporting what Jalen and Jason do? do but i think i feel comfortable that the knee is is going well the plan that they they've put together seems to be working and as long as it as long as that continues that that plan there the slow ramp up i don't care if he never plays in a back-to-back because when the playoffs come there are no back-to-backs and that's that's what you want just spend the entire season with him having that day off and then coming in and playing off that day of rest yeah i i think the the balance offensively is probably more complicated than a lot of people have acknowledged because I do think the development of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as playmakers is everything to the Celtics long-term. Like Those guys need to continue to get opportunities to lead the offense, to be primary passers, to do all of that. But I also think right now, the way Kemba's played for the last 10 games, the way he's played last season, if he can be that, I still think he's their best playmaking option. And I still think if if you put him in the corner, then you're not necessarily giving your offense the best chance to succeed. Because I know Tatum and Brown have averaged 26 points a game, but I feel like Kemba just gets everybody better, easier opportunities more than those other guys do. I think... Kemba's the only guy who can hit a roll, man. He like, makes quicker reads against doubles. He he's better at get, getting into the paint and spraying it out. I just feel like like he's still their best playmaker, and that's kind of not great at this moment because he's not their best scorer and he's not their most important player long term. 
Well, if we can say, okay, he's their best playmaker, but then he has to adjust how much he's looking for his own shot. Because what what we can't have is Jalen Brown standing in the corner while Kemba and Jason Tatum, because Tatum's going to be able to get his own shot all the time. Well, while those two guys either play a two-man game or go searching for their own offense, because what's going to end up happening is Jalen Brown's going to get antsy and he's going to start forcing his shot. And it's I don't think it's going to be as cohesive of an offense as, as it can be. I think sacrificing a couple of Kemba possessions, starting him in a different position so you can get Jalen Brown some of those looks, just appropriately distributes how often these guys can get their shots. And that's why I want these guys working off of one another a little bit more. Maybe you can say if if Jalen is setting picks, the teams are going to start switching and it doesn't really matter, but it keeps him involved. And, it, and if they do switch, then that gives Jalen the opportunity to slip and catch a pass and score or, or pass off of that catch. So I, I do think getting all of those three guys working together somehow is is kind of imperative, and it does involve starting Kemba off the ball a little more than he's used to. Doesn't take away from everything that you're saying; that stuff is still true. But it's to me very, very important that we do not lose Jalen Brown in this mix. And and I think he's—I hate to say it this way—but he he's the most fragile ego of them all. He's the one that's most likely to get caught up in his own thinking and and start to lose focus on the court. So it's very, very important that they keep him involved. Do you think they figure that out by Tuesday, April 27th, when they play the Oklahoma City Thunder? (laughs) Hold on. I actually, Jay, what do you have for them that one o'clock game in Charlotte? They are going to beat the Hornets in Charlotte. All right. 27 points, four assists, (laughs) four assists. That's a low game for him. It's right around his average. Not too far off from his average. He's been like 20 and 6 when he's been playing well recently. But that's not besides the point. Starting a four-game homestand uh, with a back-to-back against the Thunder and then uh, the Hornets again. Jay, what do you think happens uh, in late August against the Thunder and Hornets? Uh, they're going to go. Celtics are going to go 2-0 and in that stretch. George Hill beats his former squad. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the second time Brad yeah. Stevens denies Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier a chance of revenge. And this is a big win streak for the Celtics. I got them, I got them sweeping this whole week. A whole homestand? A whole well, I didn't see what goes into the after into May. They got uh, a game against Portland. It's Thunder, okay, Hornets, Spurs, uh, Trailblazers. Let me, let me just say, so Portland starts the next week. Give me a second to think about that. OKC, Charlotte, and San Antonio, all dubs. That's a bold play. I think they're going to absolutely beat the uh, Thunder. Then they're not going to have Kemba. So, Jay, it's the second night of a back-to-back. You're Kemba Walker. No, your Kemba Walker prediction was for the last Charlotte game. Sorry, sorry. I think they lose the Charlotte Hornets. Nick Freeman does get the home scout on that one. Uh, Charlotte's get the victory. <laughs> and I do think the Celtics will beat the Spurs. I think they will beat the Trailblazers. Uh, I think they go 3-1 and one on that homestand. Jay, what do you think they do against the Spurs and then Trailblazers? I think they extend the win streak. They beat the Spurs and then fend off an epic Dame Lillard performance on 
Sunday, May 2nd against the Trailblazers. I think Dame is going to go loco, but <laughs> but Jason Tatum is going to have 43 that, that day. John, do you agree with Jay that they will be on a five-game win streak? I – ooh, that's a TNT game too. Um, I'm going to say they win that game. I, Celtics win that game. Both you and Jay having a five-game win streak, sweeping the homestand. Yep, yep. Give it. That's where the that's where the fans, the three thousand fans, really make an impact. Yes, yes. Maybe there's less restrictions. Maybe it gets bumped up to five thousand fans. Maybe those three thousand fans really know how to like make a bigger impact. They finally learn some things. I like that. Um, I just don't know how well it's going to go on back to backs. Now they have a little mini road trip to Orlando and then Chicago. I think the Celtics are going to be grooving now. Uh, I think they win both of those games. Um, I'm curious what you guys think because you both have them on five-game winning streaks headed into this road trip. Oh. It's going to be it's going to be a tough road trip. Can it go to seven? That's I think lot. they lose both of these games. Very disappointing. Very Ooh. disappointing for the Celtics. Not the way you want to start out May is a loss to lose to, to the Magic and Bulls. I mean, just embarrassing, really, to lose to the Magic and Bulls. But they're going to do it. George Hill is is not going to be up to par. Zach Levine is going to get the best of George Hill that day. I like how you traded for George Hill, and now he plays 35 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, George Hill has somehow become the center of my entire thesis for the Celtics' second half of the season. Do you have any inside info or are you just uh, like, I really hope that you like know, know really? this to be true. No, I just kind of made that up on the, on the fly. I, I haven't really thought about a George Hill trade to the Celtics too, too much, even though obviously he's one of the guys who would make some sense as a veteran on a team that is definitely rebuilding and definitely wants more draft picks. I don't care what you say, Jay, this is definitely going to fuel a hardwood Houdini post. They're going to say Jay King suggests George Hill on the Celtics. What sources close to the situation say (laughs) Jay King has officially reported Celtics interested in George Hill. So that one out of me arse. (laughs) I'm going to say the Celtics have not generally done well with success and this level of success. Five straight. They had success. Well, they've been to three of the last four. Minimal success that they've they've had in season. Um, this five-game winning streak is a lot. I feel like they go into Orlando overconfident, and I, I think I think the Orlando game is a loss, and it, and I agree with you. This is going to be an ugly loss. This is going to be, you know, come out and, and lose the first quarter 35-16 to 16 loss and then just never recover. Uh, but I do think that they recover against Chicago. So I'll you just put, forget that Javante Green is a Terrence Ross stopper, and I just think that's you true. guys haven't factored this in. Maybe but will Terrence Ross even still be on the Magic at that that's time? That's right. That's right. Maybe, he could be on the Celtics. Move. I should. I should just. I should just take a page out of Jay's book and say Terrence Ross plays for the Celtics, and this is the Terrence Ross revenge game. And but I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to say they lose this game, even if Terrence Ross is on this team. Then the Celtics come home for a huge. Two-game series against the Miami Heat. I think it's going to be very important in terms of standings because the Heat have made a bit of a comeback. They're basically going to be fighting, I think, for the four, five, six seed. Uh, I think the Heat 
maybe the Raptors. I don't know what the Raptors are going to do, but I definitely think the Heat are going to be there in that second tier of the Eastern Conference. Jay King, the first game is on a Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., um, and then they play on Tuesday, 7 p.m. What happens in these games? Are the Celtics still shook from the late game foibles of the Eastern Conference Finals last year? What happens? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my predictions for the rest of the schedule. Oh, give them to me. First game against the Heat, Celtics lost, running their losing skid to three games. There will be angst. There will be calls <laughs> to fire everyone. There this will be team has no chance in the playoffs. Everyone. The only positive tweets will be about Robert Williams, who excelled for whatever reason. Second game against the Heat, Celtics rebound and start a four-game winning streak to end the season. They beat the Heat. They beat the Cavs. They beat the Wolves. And then they go to New York, and they bitch slap Tom (laughs) Kibbeau's New York Knicks. That's bold. That is a nice little stretch of games to end the season on is Cavs, Minnesota, Knicks. Like, I think that's a good way to feel good about the season. John, what do you think happens? I'm going to ask you to do the final five, too. Yeah, I'm going to split the Miami. I, I think Jay's on point with that. That that Sunday afternoon game is going to suck. They're going to come back. They're going to beat Miami the second time at home. Here's where I differ with Jay. They beat Cleveland, and they beat Minnesota because that's two days off. Minnesota is going to be the last game that the regulars play. They lose to New York because nobody plays on the back-to-back. That's going to be Tremont Waters to Taco Fall starting. So that's going to be, that's going to be a loss for me. I agree. I think that it's a back-to-back final game of the season. They're clearly not going to play any of their guys. And I think that's going to be okay because they're going to sweep the Miami Heat in those two games, locking in the fourth seed they're going to ride that wave, beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then lose to the New York Knicks because uh, Tremont Waters just can't pull it out. And the Knicks are going to be fighting for their playoff lives there, really trying to avoid the play-in tournament. Um, but And I, I think the, the Celtics just are arresting guys there, preparing for the playoffs. And so after uh, these 36 games – Jay and I have predicted the Celtics to go 24 and 12, John to go 23 and 13. Ooh. And so to finish the year, the Celtics. I feel like I, that's way over overly optimistic from for all of us. Jay and I think they're going to be 43 and 29, and John one game worse at 42 and 30. I'm ashamed of my picking already in the games I've been playing. I don't well, know, the first half I want to redraft. We were uh, terrible. I think we all were like forty wins. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think we're kind of right on, and we're after all of this, we're always like within a game or two of each other. But I like forty-two and thirty. I think is is fine. Quick, it's fine. I know, John. You have to go and do a radio hit. Where do the Celtics place in the Eastern Conference? I'm going to go with fourth. I think they hold on to fourth. Um, I, I think Milwaukee is due for a, a little late season figuring out of things. So I don't think they're going to slip anymore. I think they're going to hang up in the top three. Philly's too good. Brooklyn's too good. So I think the Celtics are going to separate themselves a little bit from that, that second pack and, and finish fourth. Celtics stay in fourth, draw Philly in round one or round two, beat the 76ers. And then go to the Eastern Conference Finals and get beat by the Nets. 
Well, well, we got to save that for the playoff prediction show we're going to do around uh, Sunday, May 17th. That's right. I think they finish uh, as well in the fourth seed. Too much agreeing on this podcast, but uh, it was a fun ride. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, John, thank you for joining us. If you enjoy the pod, uh, please subscribe, rate it five stars, do all the things podcast hosts tell you to do. And thank you for listening to this episode of Anything Is Podcast.